welcome to A Pastor and His People. I'm Pastor Dave Keene. This uh, podcast for the Park Baptist Church is a is an effort uh, that we can help uh, get to know each other better and help us be more faithful uh, following the Lord Jesus Christ. Today, I'm here with uh, Jay Peterson. Jay, hello. Hey. Uh, so, Jay, um, why do you go by Jay? Um, well, 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 first of all, what is your real name? My real name is Jack. Uh, Jack, Jack Eugene Peterson III is my full name. But given that I'm the third, um, mom got tired of the idea of Jack, Jackie, and the next nickname in line was Jay. Okay, so it was by default, right? Yeah, that was that was kind of the agreement to be the third. Was mom got to pick the nickname? Okay, so you are uh, from the Columbia area. I am. Uh, what did what did you uh, enjoy about growing up in Columbia? Well, being Columbia, South Carolina, um, I didn't. I mean, it's it's uh, famously hot and surprisingly cool. Yeah, famously hot. <laughs> um, that's the city slogan. Uh, love being near the Gamecocks. Huge Gamecock fan and. Um, really enjoyed just a town that always had something going on and always had things that you could get involved in if you want to, but at the same time, living in the outskirts and the suburbs of it, you also could have a pretty quiet night when you wanted to. Good deal. Well, uh, tell us about your, uh, your faith background. Where'd you grow up? How'd you, when'd you, how'd you come to the Lord? So grew up in a, um, very Christian home, like we said, in Columbia. Um, mom was a Sunday school or a children's worker, um, dad, Sunday school teacher, so there really wasn't a time in my life that I didn't know the points of the gospel. Um, just as, as I learned kind of the English language, I was also learning the Bible and the basic ideas of the fact that there is a God, that he has rules. And just as mom and dad have rules when they break, um, or when, when I break those rules, there's punishments. When I break God's rules, it's called sin, and that separates me from God. So the, the, the concept that there's a, that I've sinned, that I need a savior was never foreign to me. The idea that Jesus was the one that came, lived the perfect life, died on the cross for me. As soon as I cognitively could understand those ideas, they were there. Um, through the course of, I guess, probably starting around four was when a lot of the questions of, are we sure this is true? How does this work? Yeah. Started. Um, That's pretty early. Now, are you, are you always, is. you've always been a thinker like that? I always have. <laughs> um, I was four when I first asked my mom, how do we know that God's real? And if he is, how do we know the Bible, the one of the Bible is true? Um, mom answered, well, Bible says he's true. I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure the Quran says the same. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't think the Quran's going to go, oh, no, our God's fake. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I've always questioned it very early. Um, part of that was my dad's training. He always taught me to question everything. And at the same time, I've always just been a very heady, thinky person. Um, that, that story kind of continued on over, I guess, the course of about the next four years or so. Uh, I was in third grade when... It was actually at a passion play where it kind of came to a head, and I realized that I no longer had questions. I fully believed what I had been taught, that I, I knew it to be true, and I knew it to be a part of my life, and that I wanted the rest of my life to be in whatever God wanted it to be. Amen. Well, um, you uh, went to uh, North Greenville? Mm -hmm. I did. Uh, did you enjoy your time there? Um, I did. It was it was tough for me coming from public school, and to then go into the Christian's, Christian bubble world yeah. was a little difficult for me, but... Once I learned to kind of navigate it, I ended up loving my professors. I love what I learned there. Um, it was a very difficult program, but a very, very beneficial program for me in Christian studies. Uh, now, when did you kind of make the decision to kind of go into ministry? Um, that was actually kind of a multi-step process. I originally started actually at USC Aiken and not North Greenville um, for my freshman year. Shortly before I went there, God made it pretty clear that I was going to transfer up to North Greenville. Um, when I did, I... Ended up finding, uh, found that the place that I felt God was calling me to be was in the missions program. 
um, the international missions program there. Graduated there, assumed the mission field was where I was going to end up. Uh, worked with two different missions organizations, and both times kind of got to the last second, and the door closed for different reasons each time, um, which left me kind of not knowing what to do. I had a degree in Bible. I had a degree in missions and had worked with some churches but not really done a lot in the U.S. and not really known too much of what to do. From there, I started kind of working with the church staff in Trinity Baptist in KC, South Carolina, which is just outside of Columbia, and kind of through working with them, um, with both the missions pastor there and their senior pastor, I kind of started feeling a call towards pastoral ministry, went to Southeastern, and that's kind of further solidified into the pastoral side of focus. Southeastern is a great school. What did you uh, enjoy about being there? So I love Southeastern partly for just the diversity of classes that you do take and the ways you can take them. I started off as an online student, which allowed me to save up money and, and and kind of be in a more in a better place when I got there. Once I was there, I loved the community. I made some great friends that are still very very close to me. Um, men that are still you know kind of in the same place, working to be pastors, working to be missionaries, um, still growing, and then we can even now that we're living in different cities, still growing together. Um, it's also a place that I got to make a lot of contacts just in meeting people that were a lot smarter than than I even <laughs> dreamed people could be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, getting to meet professors that were some of the world experts on some of their topics was oh, yeah. just so beneficial to me to see. And to also see them with their kids and to see them in, because we went to church with them and you knew them. And so you got to see not only them in class, but them in the real world and watch them pastor churches and work with their kids and deal with loss of family or whatever was going on in their real lives. It's a, it's, it's funny to think that you've only uh, been here since last May when you first came down and, you know, we had a dream last year to, to do a, a restart residency to help people. How do we replant churches? How do we work with revitalization? And uh, through a number of different people kind of got your name and, uh, and then you just, in order to have a program, you need to, need a guinea pig. <laughs> and you, you graciously volunteered and, uh, my goodness, I mean, it takes a lot of heart for a young man to, to come and uh, be willing to live in a basement of a church, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, do the whole camp shower deal and, uh, just to learn and grow, you know, it's been a huge, uh, testimony of your character and your desire to, to really, uh, go in go deeper in the Lord in terms of all the sacrifices you've made. Uh, now you've been part of uh, the congregation here for a while now. Um, I mean, almost, almost a year. What has God done in, in your life and the life of our church to kind of encourage your walk with him? Well, I mean, one of the biggest is we got married while we're here. Mary and I. <laughs> yes, you did. We both came in as residents at the same time, I mean, kind of as a package deal, but then got married back in December. So I guess the biggest change would obviously be that. I mean, that's, Pretty life altering. Yeah, well, that was the first time you guys lived in the same town as a as a couple. That was, and then you know that was like a what you guys. She moved in for the end of May, right, or June, June mid June because she had that class. You, had that, you started out as a, a, to go to Boston first on that mission trip, right? So, so June, July, August, you know, September, October, November. So not that many months of living in the same town before you guys got married. Yeah, and it's going well, isn't it? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Still a few months in, but still absolutely love every second of it. Amen. Mar- marriage can 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 give you so much joy in ways you didn't expect. You know, um, beyond that, uh, we've just gotten a lot of support from the families and couples, and um, whether it be the, the younger families in the church or even in the some of the retired and, and more experienced families, just the love and encouragement poured into us through 
other couples kind of teaching us how to be married and, and showing us biblically what does family look like yeah. um, has been some of the most fundamentally helpful things we've gotten here. Yeah. And you have, um, you know, you kind of came down, you didn't have a ton of preaching experience, and we kind of kind of threw you to the wolves, <laughs> you know, when you first came down here, I think in the first uh, couple months, you uh, you preached maybe, you know, seven or eight times, you know, in our church and other places. Uh, how has God used this kind of experience to help either deepen your passion to, to preach and teach God's word or to help, you know, refine you, expose some things in, in your life? Um, well, I mean... I think the first, the, the, the answer to the first part of that, how's that deepened? It took what was I considered to be, I hope to be something I could do with preaching to something I know I have to do. Something that I, I absolutely love doing. I love the prep. I love the delivery. I love seeing the response and seeing what did and didn't work. And then just the act of worship that is preaching, um, discovered that to be one of my main forms of worship. Um, so that was certainly encouraging and certainly helpful for me to, to kind of help identify what kind of has to be in my future. Um, it definitely exposed some, some areas that I needed to grow, some areas I have grown and still need to grow. Um, I know one of the first one, first few were very academic, very heady, very almost more seminary style and less preaching. Yeah. Um, so seeing that and seeing that just cause you know, it doesn't mean you can tell it, um, was very, very helpful for me. Um, and even now, still learning a lot of the, how do I shape for this audience? Does it, you know, what, what parts of preaching can and can't change? Obviously, the gospel can't change, but yeah. there's still certain language you do use in certain contexts, certain language you don't use in certain contexts, and still learning a lot of those things. Um, as well as, I think, I also really picked up the point of, I love preaching to the same people. I love having one group. It was great to get to preach at a bunch of different places because it definitely helped shape and made me grow a lot. But getting to preach here with at Park with the church family, with the people I know, the people I, I know the struggles, I know the joys, I know what's happening, yeah. changes a lot of how you preach and it makes that preaching experience a lot a lot more fulfilling, a lot more beneficial. Yeah, I think that, you know, obviously we've seen you preach uh, when you first got here versus the last time. And the last time you preached, I'm like, man, what, what an improvement. Right? I mean, there was, there was definitely like you just felt more natural in the pulpit and um, it's just grateful. Um, you know, I think first Timothy four, when it says uh, to young men, you know, Paul speaking to Timothy, immerse yourselves in the things of God that all may see your progress. And I think that has been, that has happened here. I mean, the Lord has definitely given you progress there. Uh, well, you, uh, you know, you, you thought about going to mission field, thought about going to, in the pastoral ministry, you know, you're from the South. And then recently God has kind of convicted you and Mary to, to move up, up North. Mm-hmm. Well, why don't you kind of tell us about that process? Well, so it started, so Mary grew up, up, up in New York State, uh, moved down in middle school. And so initially she assumed most of her life that that was where she was going to end up again. She didn't really like the South initially, and that was, you know, the South was just something to wait until she could move back up. College came around, you know, she got saved in the, while she was in the South um, later on in uh, early high school. And God started using her in the South, and she assumed that's where she'd stay. Well, once we started talking, and I've always kind of had – a heart for the North. There's been a, a love for the, that culture and for that, that place, but never a reason to be there. Um, as we started visiting her family and as we really started spending time up there, um, we started realizing that God may one day send us there. Um, that got ex- expedited a little more once we actually went to her sister's wedding. Um, that was a trip. We had to fly up. We were there for like two days and flew right back down. But having that plane ride together, having the time there, 
seeing how different a wedding looks up there, you know, just seeing this non-Christian, this very earth mothery worship, yoga centric, very Eastern ideal wedding, um, as well as just seeing that there is no gospel witness there, I think burdened and broke both of us um, to see, I mean, actually in Mary's hometown, there's a church that is, that had gone under and is now a sales place for uh, natural remedies and salts and rocks and where the cross used to be is now actually a Hindu goddess. Mm. Um, and so after both of us kind of sat under that and saw that, I think both of us kind of walked away from that trip. We, we got on the plane going home and went, I don't know if this sounds crazy to you, but to me, I think we kind of need to look at coming up here quicker than we were thinking, like as soon as we can. So we talked to you that, that Monday and then you, you went to, I think it was later that week, you went yeah. to a nine marks and ended up making contacts with some people in Connecticut. And it wound up being that through more kind of progression of people. Yeah. We've gotten connected with a, with a church up there and we're looking to move up there and try and start a residency similar to this one up there to train the guys that are in the North to get them training, to get them ready. And even to try and bring some guys from the South up who have been, you know, seminary trained to work in an area that just doesn't have a ton of pastors right now. Yeah. And it's not always a, a, a strong draw to, to go north of the Mason-Dixon no, line. No, no, no. But there's uh, there's no money. I, no. Yeah, <laughs> when I got, um, uh, got married, she said, Dave, you can um, pastor anywhere you want, except it's just got to be south of the Mason-Dixon line. <laughs> <laughs> so she was not moving north for the weather. Um, well, you're, uh, you had a great opportunity this past year teaching at uh, Providence Classical Christian School. How's your experience been there? Loved it. Um, discovered full-time teaching is not my thing. Um, not in not in sixth grade, at least. However, discovered a. I think a lot of the actual growth in preaching also may have come from there. The, just the comfort in front of crowds, the comfort speaking, and, and having to develop speech on the spot um, really grew when you have to do it for eight hours a day, yeah, um, four days a week, as well as getting to see a lot of where some places I needed to grow and how I present things, how I teach, how I. Because when you're working with sixth graders, obviously you're not going to be using seminary terms. You're not going to be talking about the transubstantiation or anything of that nature. It's just not going to happen. You've got to explain things down at a base level that really kind of helped me shape and, and learn how to communicate in that way and very quickly and efficiently as well. Uh, so what's the plan? Kind of, Do you have a kind of a tentative plan moving forward? Um, yeah, we've got – so I've got four weeks left, so – end or middle of may will be our uh we'll finish off my teaching contract from there we've got a few weeks that we're going to kind of travel around and get things in the south wrapped up and then we're looking to head up um, mid-june june 16th will probably be our first day at hope uh hebron church of hope Amen. as their resident in okay. connecticut praise god praise god well any uh those are some prayer requests right there but uh, anything else we could be praying for you and mary about um, a lot of it, I mean, the, the transition itself is going to be a huge one, just new city, new states, new culture. Um, for me, it's an entirely new culture. It's similar. It's one she knows a little more, um, but I've only ever lived in the South. The farthest North I've ever been is the Raleigh area, Wake Forest, um, as far as I've ever lived at least. Um, so a lot of transition there. There's just going to be a lot of getting jobs and finding housing and working through those things on top of being a still a six month old marriage. Um, we're actually moving almost a year from the day I proposed and six months from the day we got married. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think my hope is that there'll, there'll be some, um, 
you'll be in one place for a lot longer than you have been so that's far since you've been married. Yeah, that's what we're hoping. Oh, love the generosity, but man, it's good to be in the same place. Well, um, well, let's uh, let's pray to that end, my friend. Um, Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for Jay and his passion for the gospel and his love for your word. I pray, God, that you would use him uh, to be a blessing to others. God, I pray that as he goes up to Hebrew and Church of Hope, I pray, God, that you'd allow him to offer hope to the people there and the surrounding community. We pray that you would uh, help him find um, a way to provide for his family, God, with a job. And uh, we also pray for um, for Mary, that God, that you would give her uh, the job that she wants at the University of Connecticut. We do pray, God, that you would uh, bless them. We thank you so much that you have brought them here and the growth that we have uh, had a chance to witness. We pray that that growth would just continue uh, to be in their lives with the power of your spirit. So we thank you for today. We are so grateful that we, we know Christ and he's our Lord. We pray, God, that you would allow us to uh, be a blessing to others. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you.